This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. And welcome to another episode of the Jets Grit Per 60 podcast, World Juniors Edition. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I am joined from the Ocala Gazette. Hey, everyone. It's Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? A bit tired. We're recording this on like a Saturday afternoon. It is a very gray, bleh day outside in wonderful Jacksonville, Florida. And I think we're just both just fast food, fried chicken. Yeah, it's it's a pretty lazy Saturday here. There's Army Navy on. There's a lot of triple option football going on. Yeah, it's perfect fall sleep to watching football kind of day here in the South. Yes. But there's hockey to talk so about. We're, so we're tired. So we're going to we're going to lull you all to sleep while talking world juniors. No. Oh, no. Yeah. All righty. So um who do you want to talk about first? I guess we can well first Let's as far as we talk know about the Jets players. Yeah, the oh. the Jets have three guys heading to World Juniors this year. Uh first is our boy Cole Perfetti. Knees weak arms. Well, that's we can't. That's already redacted. Uh, that's already, that's already a uh, Marat joke. I don't want to take yeah. his his thing. Copyright. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so our first round pick this year, Cole Perfetti. Um, we also got last year's first round pick in Ville Hainala. And then. Ville. Well, that. And then Henri Nikonen. Uh, both Hainala and Nikonen are playing for Team Finland. And then Perfetti, obviously, playing with Team Canada. So we'll have some uh, decent talent to watch at, at World Juniors this year. And I, I am watching the poll that just put out. I'm watching the results come in in real time. And we are now up to four votes. Uh, Hainala had a little bit of a lead, and now it's back even. Two, vote, two votes Perfetti, two votes Hainala. <laughs> we have a very engaged fan base. Or I feel bad for putting Nikon in on there because nobody's oh. going to answer him. But I like he's there, so I had to put him on there. I like I'm going to be honest. Don't know who that is. He was the Jets' sixth round pick, and I think 2019. Oh. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't on my uh, radar. Of hey, let's see if he made the team. I was like, oh, right, him. But yeah, I mean, obviously. Well, I guess first thing for me is that these two teams, uh, Canada and Finland, they're in the same group and they will play each other uh, on New Year's Eve. So that's like 
probably the best way to close out this horrible, awful hellscape of a year is to just sit back and watch some, you know, really talented future Jets go at it at World Juniors and then welcome in a new year that will be hopefully much better. Yeah. So let's, we can talk, we can start with um, the guy that you're excited to see, Cole Perfetti. What is so exciting about Cole Perfetti in this tournament? Well, I just, why are you excited? Well, I think the one thing is that people were shocked that Cole Perfetti fell to the Jets in the first place. Like, this was a guy that, like, some people were mocking, like, top five, and he fell to the Jets. I thought you, I thought you meant they were mocking him, like, making fun of him. Sorry. Like, oh, oh, look at this Cole Perfetti guy. Yeah, but I mean, last year, he had 111 points in 61 games with the Saginaw Spirit out of the OHL, and the kid's just really good. I, I like watching good young hockey players, and Aside from maybe Billy Hanela, Cole Perfetti is the most exciting guy in the Jets pipeline. But I mean, that's not really saying much. But yeah, I mean, I want to watch some Cole Perfetti. I mean, I mean, do you even know how to watch junior hockey? Not world juniors, but do you know how to even watch like the CHL and in the US? I mean, come on. No. So, I mean, for me, this will be like the first time that like I watch uh, Cole Perfetti. So I'm kind of excited for that. I mean, I watched like Halo yeah. last year. So, yeah, I, I mean, with with you, I, I haven't seen that much of Cole Perfetti. It'll be exciting. Like, I mean, it's it, you know the first round draft pick. You always want to get a look at um, those players when you can. I I do, I I do. I'm very cautious about you know making any sort of decisions on how good these players are going to be just based on the world juniors um, just because it's kind of a weird tournament and this is a, a weird tournament in a very weird year. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know if watching, you know, three games with play or four games or whatever um, with players that he doesn't usually play with, if that's going to necessarily be a an indicator of his, his talent. Um, and the same, I guess can be said for Hannah, but at least I have some context for, um, what Hanala looks like at an NHL level. I don't have any context for how Cole Perfetti looks at any level. Yeah, I would say that I am maybe a little nervous about how much he'll actually get to play because I don't know if, how much you've looked at that uh, Canadian roster, but Canada, I mean, they're always stacked, but this year they're like stacked. Like, that team is loaded. So, I mean, I'm not really sure if, you know, Perfetti's going to have, like, the best opportunities to play here, but I'm excited nonetheless. I, I'm excited for Hanala. I pick Hanala. Yeah, go into that a little bit. Between the t- Just because he's, right now, he's my guy, and I think, you know, I'm excited to see, because, you know, watching him from last season, I want him to be on that Jets team for the full season or as close as we can get um and i guess if he's playing in this tournament he'd probably be at training camp which is a little bit of a bummer for me but i know from what he's shown he can be an nhl talent and i want to see him take that next step whenever he gets the opportunity to play in the nhl next um and so i'm really 
I don't just think that he can make the NHL roster. Like if Cole Perfetti plays in the NHL this season, great. But from Hanelo, we're looking for a little bit more, I think. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, certainly Ville Hanelo, both because he's a little older and also just because the Jets have such big holes at, at the blue line. Hugh Mangus holes at the blue line. Yeah, like Hanelo is going to be the one that's way more likely to get an opportunity to stick with the big club this year for sure. But yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to have competitive hockey. (laughs) I've tried watching a little bit of college hockey here and there. Like it's fine, but what were you watching? Long Island university? (laughs) No, uh, go sharks though. But, uh, no, I was watching like a little bit of, uh, North Dakota, you know, beating down on some teams, you know, a little bit of Big Ten hockey, but you know, the the World Juniors is one of my favorite competitions every year. You know, I, I wish that we weren't having such a problem with COVID right now because, I mean, like yeah. for example, um, I think it was John Beecher didn't make the American team, um, as well as Thomas Bordalo because I think Beecher had COVID nineteen and Bordalo's his uh, teammate or his roommate. Mm. So they ruled out both of them for the tournament and there have been like suck for them. Yeah. I mean, there have been like multiple cases and some of these, uh, maybe the worst thing. Yeah. And some of these training camps. So, I mean, I always just, I mean, I just feel bad for like the guys who aren't going to be able to play this year because of that. You were saying before we recorded that you think that we've got the best names in the tournament. Well, I didn't say I, I didn't say Winnipeg. I said I said I think like San Jose and Toronto do. Oh, okay. Because I'll I'll have to pull it up again here. But I mean, come on, San Jose has got guys like Spiridon, yeah, Spiridonov, uh, Hataka, Nyazev, and Araska. There's only four guys, but like that's a pretty solid name team. Yeah, I would also say it's Toronto. Name. Toronto has a pretty good one. Uh, with Abramov, Akhtayamov, Amarov, Hervanin, uh, Kakonin, and Niemela. Basically, just get like a bunch of Russians and Finns and maybe some yeah. Swedes together. And you're a pretty strong contender for my list. I was going to say, like, how is a team as talented as the Maple Leafs? How do they have six players at this World Junior? And then the Jets are down there with three. Well, I would imagine that they, you know, some of that is maybe the Leafs are just drafting better in some of these rounds. I mean, that's that's got to be a part of the reason. And they right? probably also had more picks over the last few years. That would be my guess. I think so. They've been playoff teams several times. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how many picks they've dealt for like rentals at the deadline. Right, like yeah, Winnipeg has dealt there first for like Kevin Hayes and mm. Paul Stastny, and and I'm not really sure what Toronto's done with their picks lately. I guess they mm. sent one over to Carolina for uh, what's his face, Patrick Marlowe, but I don't know. I'm just freewheeling. See, if we're going back to the all names team, I gotta throw in. New Jersey in there. Oh. With Mukamodulin. 
Um, Moynihan, M-O-Y-N-I-H-A-N. And then Pitlick with a Y. Plus Gritsyuk. 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 Yeah, it's quality names. I mean, there are a bunch of interesting... National, well, national, national's got Askarov, but they've also got Afanasev. Pittsburgh has only two guys, but they have a Blomqvist, who's Finnish, not Swedish. Blomqvist? And a Swedish goalie named Klang. So, Klang. you know. The, the sound, your name is the sound of the puck hitting the post. Yeah, I mean, he's born for that position. Klang. Oh, my gosh. Post is a goalie's best friend. Yeah. I mean, I still can't believe LA has 10 guys at this tournament. That's amazing. <laughs> worry, worry not. The Jets might only have three players. But you know who else only has three players or fewer? Who? Well, Philadelphia's got three. The Penguins have two. The Lightning have two. St. Louis has zero. Dallas has one, right? Washington has two. So what I'm saying is good teams don't have players at this this uh, tournament. Yeah, but like teams also... Teams that go deep runs don't have players in this tournament. Vegas has three. So the problem, though, is that some of these teams, Vegas notwithstanding because their team is so young, as in like how long they've been in the league, not like the team, like the players on the teams themselves. But the thing is, though, is that some of that is just because these teams have so few players. They have spent so many assets on like rentals or they basically liquidated the farm, right? So they really don't have that many prospects, but they've gotten cups out of that, right? Like the Penguins won two, Washington won one, St. Louis won yes. one. Basically, like all the teams that you named <laughs> are teams that won a Stanley Cup or at least went and to the, the finals. The Jets are in good company. And the Jets went to a single conference finals. Okay. <laughs> Let's maybe not put them in the same <laughs> tier of competitiveness. What? You know, you don't, you don't, you're not uh, picking up on the pattern that I'm seeing here. What if they go to another conference final, huh? How silly are you going to feel? I mean, that's fine, but like, <laughs> that still doesn't mean that like I'm wrong right now. <laughs> you got to stop arguing me like I'm being serious. I just think it's interesting. But you, you know who's in the same boat here? Arizona also only has three. And it looked, Jets have gotten a bit more out of their their talent than... Okay, Arizona. I'm glad that uh, Winnipeg is in the same room as Arizona. That makes you <laughs> feel a lot better. Also, like maybe you don't want to talk about ways that like Arizona and Winnipeg are associated with each other. <laughs> Pretty sure we don't want to rehash Fair that. Point. Fair point. But yeah, I think uh, I think this might be a year where we definitely overreact to World Juniors. Oh, because yeah. like it's the only like super competitive hockey on. The only thing like, that's happening. Yeah, like you're not going to turn on like NHL Network and they're going to be talking about college hockey or whatever, you know. So I'm not going to have a live camera on training camp. Yeah. It's the only thing that's happening. So maybe in Canada, I am, I imagine that might happen at some point in Canada where they're, they're televising team scrimmages or something. Right. Like with the jets, like you haven't watched the jets since August or whatever. So it's like, 
this is the first like real Jets hockey sort of that we've had since August. And really, we only had the Jets back for four games. So really since March, kind of. How many games until we get a Hanala Nikanen combo for a goal? I don't know. I, I'm interested in that, certainly. But <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly pretty excited about Hanala too. I know I talked about how I really want to watch Cole Perfetti. Bam. New Year's Eve, Hanala feeds it to Nikanen who scores against Team Canada. But like Hanala has been tearing it up oh, in yeah. Finland. The man has 14 Dude. points in 19 games against grown men. My man is ready for the NHL. Like, that is, he has more points. He, sorry, he has doubled the amount of points he's had playing with his Finnish team in 10 fewer games uh, compared to last year. He had seven points in 29 I, last year. He's got 14 and yeah. 19 this year. I can't imagine that they really want to keep him in this tournament if you think that he's going to join the NHL, right? Like, you want him in training camp, for sure. Well, I mean, it's also just good to play against the best talent that's at your age level. I mean, yeah, it could, really? be, a nice, it could be a nice tune-up for him, too. Okay. I mean... So like, an extended training... But he's going to miss large parts of playing with the team. No, I, I mean, it'll wrap up, like, what, right before the NHL season will start? NHL's, like, January 13th. Maybe. But also last year, he had five points in 70 games at the World Juniors. So, hey, if he did five and seven last year, what is he going to have this year? Seven and seven. Perfect. Point per game player at World Juniors? Perfect. Perfect, perfect. But I mean, and then you also have uh, Henry Nikanen. I don't want to just like forget about him because I feel like a lot of people are already going to do that. Hey, I, I'm looking for Hanalid and Nikanen combos here. Right. I'm not saying that you're forgetting about him. I'm just saying that I don't really expect a whole lot of people to vote for Nikanen on our poll. But he's got mm. seven points in 15 games in the Liga this year. Liga. So like that's that's something. Uh, fourth round pick, 113th overall pick by Winnipeg in 2019. There we go. Six four, two oh three. So he's a big boy, but he's uh, he's also only got six penalty minutes this year. So he's not like a goon. No, that's something. He's not taking himself out of the game. Yeah, and he, he's already got more points. Just like Hanley, he's already got more points in the Liga than. Uh, Hanel had, or than he had last year. Nikon had last year. He had three and twenty-seven last year. He's got seven and fifteen this year. So, hey, I mean, there you go. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really I watched. You were this going good. somewhere with that. I was trying to. I was trying to fake it till I could make it, but I did not make it. Okay, so how do you feel about this tournament? Like, I mean, what do you what do you think? Do you think? Is Canada going to run away with it? I mean, I think so. Canada is just loaded. Between, I think partially but we because, say like, that every year. Yeah, but this year, you know, you don't have all this the different. For the most part, there are some like big names who aren't playing. Like 
Lafreniere, but I mean, you don't have a lot of NHL teams like keeping their top under 21 prospects, right? So, I mean, it's not quite like the, the lockout year where Canada just like tore through everyone, but still Canada is loaded this year. I mean, I'm trying to pull it up now, but it's, it's a lot. They've got a lot of talent. I would, I would have liked to see how a Canadian B team would do this year. So you, you want Canada A versus Canada B? Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, U.S. has some talent. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like other countries don't have talent this year. But yeah, Canada has a lot. Russia and Finland are both well represented in in the NHL pipeline. So they, both of those teams could probably be pretty good. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to act like anyone can't beat anyone else on like a given day. But I mean, oh, that's true. When when we're talking about how a guy like Cole Perfetti might not have like a whole lot of playing time because of just the amount of talent that's in front of them, mm. like Kata still has Quinn Byfield playing for them. You know, and then they've got like the Sabres top prospect and Dylan Cozens, Kirby Doc, who was literally playing in the NHL last year. You know, other first round picks either this year or the year prior, and like Dylan Holloway and Peyton Krebs. And you know, so Canada, Perfetti, Canada but, doesn't win gold. That's a failure. Yeah. I mean, that's like any year. Any year that Canada doesn't win gold is a failure. Well, then they fail a lot. Yeah. But I mean, they're Maybe also thinking of the senior teams, but. But I mean, also like Canada. I mean, let's not act like Canada isn't the most successful World Junior team. I meant recently. But I mean, I feel like Canada's one of those countries where like the losses stand out because you expect them to win every year. And so like the one like the the years that they don't, it feels like, oh, Canada really underachieved. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I just like rooting against Canada. Well, don't tell the listeners of our pod that. <laughs> they know I'm not Canadian. I know. I'm just you're acting like I'm I'm being serious here. Canada and USA, big hockey rivalry. It is. Big hockey rivalry. But I mean, yes, you are right in the sense that like Canada hasn't like super like dominated the tournament no. in recent years. Like since... <laughs> I mean, yes. Canada did win five in a row between 2005 and 2009. But since then, like they've only won it three times, which I guess they're tied with Finland on that. Finland won Hey-o. it uh, three times in that span too. Uh, oh, and also the USA. Yeah. But I mean, in, in three of the years where they didn't win, they still made it to the championship game anyway. Hmm. So there's that too. Second place is just first loser. Yeah, well, you know, it's the kind of turn where, like, the third-place team goes home happier than the second-place team. Right. Right. Like, uh, I think it Wait, was... Wait, Russia's... Russia gets to play with Kuznetsov? That doesn't seem fair. It's a different Kuznetsov. I know. I don't even think he spells it the same way. Is it different? I think so. Well, I'm not a speller. I don't know. Oh. No, no, he spells it the same way. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. See? I'm not an idiot. Well, I am an idiot, but not because of that. So let's uh let's shift conversation topics here. To something that we know about? 
So I know that we've talked a lot about the Canadian division. Yes. But so they came out with, the NHL came out with their latest realignment plans, which still might be changing because reasons. But the Western Conference is kind of weird to me when you take out Canada. Because no matter what, like, you just end up with a bunch of really good teams playing against each other. In the West? Yeah, because, look. The West isn't good, Brendan. Okay. We've discussed this. You're telling me that a division of Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, LA, Vegas, San Jose, and St. Louis, like, isn't stacked? It's not. You have... Colorado and Dallas. Yes. And Vegas. Yes. That is three of the four like remaining teams in the Western Conference semifinals last year in the same division. But you also have Anaheim and San Jose and the Kings. I think you said the Kings as well, right? Go through that list again. Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, yeah, both Dallas, those teams are terrible. LA, Vegas, San Jose, St. Louis. Right, but you're, you're, you're still going to end up in a division. Mm-hmm. Where like St. Louis might be a fourth place team. Is St. Louis that it's good though? Fine. At least it's it's top heavy. They're decent. I mean, St. Louis is a, is a playoff team. You got. I still don't know if it's like, it's not quite like, like the Metro right, in their normal season. Like the Metro, anybody can win it, and all those teams are really good, and you're probably going to get five playoff teams from there. I'm just saying, like, if you're like San Jose, who last year you were like, okay, well. Anaheim and LA were bad, right? And yes, and San Jose was bad. In a a, yes, but if you're a team like San Jose who goes, hey, we made the playoffs like every year, you know, before last year except like 2015, you know, and and we think that we have a shot going back there. They probably don't, but anyway, it kind of sucks when you go from a division. Let them dream. It kind of sucks when you go from a division with Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver, and you replace them with Colorado. Dallas and St. Louis. Okay. I can kind of agree with that argument a little bit more. There's apparently some debate about like like, St. Louis and tough division overall because that Pacific division was garbage. All right. How about this? That that division doesn't really set up for a lot of movement because you have four like teams that are ranging from like really good to like pretty good. And you, you might just have like the to, top four just like picking on the bottom four. I was about to say that that division sounds predictable, but uh, nothing in this season is going to be predictable. So maybe it's not as straightforward as I think it is. But I guess the point I was trying to make before we kind of got into an argument was I'm not really sure how you can fix that. I mean, you just look at the way the map is because you can't like put Pittsburgh in the Western Conference, right? No. So really the only movement you can really do is if you want to put Minnesota in instead of St. Louis. That's what I heard the rumor was. And Minnesota fans did not like it, and I understand why. Or like maybe Nashville or Chicago. Uh, but that's really about as far east as you can really go. Also the east, like if you were a team in the east – who was yes. like, hey, maybe we can go on a run next year. Yeah, like, I don't know why I even said the East. I mean, the division of Boston, Buffalo, 
New Jersey, New York, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, Maybe. Buffalo and New Jersey. I'm sorry. <laughs> and one of the New York teams, probably. I mean, Tampa Bay and kind of Carolina got like the cupcake squad with <laughs> Chicago, uh, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Minnesota, and Nashville alongside them. I don't know. We should make t-shirts that say cupcake squad. Nah. Nah. But like, come on, compare that division to like any of the other three. And it's like, you have Tampa Bay and Carolina and maybe Columbus or Nashville. And then like four teams that are just either actively rebuilding or just bleh. Fire those cannons. Especially if they're at an outdoor game against Tampa. Yes. At Ray J. Yes. We're going to keep, we're going to run that joke into the ground. We're just going to mean um, it into existence. Oh, yes. Somebody's going to hear and be like, that's not a bad idea. And then they're going to run with it. But I mean, like, what, what were your thoughts on kind of how they arranged this? Well, the thing that stood out to me was I, I've seen different alignments. Um, mostly the same, but some few different changes. And the first one that I saw had pittsburgh in the central division or something like those lines and philadelphia in the east and to me that just doesn't make sense put both of those teams in the east move carolina to the central or something like find a way to make that work you can't separate those two right um it but it is it is kind of interesting just because it's there's no one really good way to slice these divisions and not ruin all of the different rivalries like i know carolina probably would like to be in the same division as the capitals right because that's a, a a rivalry um depending on who you ask but i don't know if that's necessarily going to happen if that means you keep pittsburgh in the the east well like that was the weird thing where it was like you had a division in the metro division that had zero Canadian teams. So you could have just kept yeah. them all together. Yeah, but but we're changing them for some reason. Right. Like I don't know. I guess it's maybe to like help cut down but, on travel. But that said, like those those divisions were already kind of weird. Because, right. Like geography has never because, made sense. Like, the <laughs> the Atlantic division had a bunch of northeastern teams. And then also Tampa and florida well never forget the couple of years that winnipeg spent in the southeast division South, yeah well this is true so you already had like the metro carving this hole out of the um atlantic quote-unquote atlantic division and now you're just you're doing a, lot, a very similar thing but with different teams well plus like weird the group of six teams of New Jersey, New York, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington was never going to change. Oh, right. Like, yeah. you have to have those teams playing each other. You have to have the New Just, York teams all playing yeah. each other. You have to have Pittsburgh and Philly playing each other. And you pretty much have to have Washington and Pittsburgh play each other as well. So you might as well put them all in yeah. the same division. They're all in the same division. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of... It's weird geographically, but it makes some sense, like for the the culture of the game and the the way the league has sort of grown and um, developed, particularly with like the Crosby and and, um, Ovechkin 
rivalries and things like that. Plus, I feel I feel like swapping Minnesota and St. Louis is probably for the best. Granted, I'm a little biased because, again, I like watching the Sharks as well. So that takes out another playoff team in that division. Mm-hmm. But I feel like St. Louis is a better fit with, like, Detroit and Chicago and Nashville than, like, Minnesota is. Granted, Honestly, either way, like, travel's going to suck for yeah. Minnesota and St. Louis. But I feel like the matchups worked out a little better that way. Honestly, I think the more interesting part of this return-to-play plan would be if they go with baseball scheduling. I think that's far more interesting to have teams play three games against the same team, which is what they should have been doing in the first place anyway. Like, I don't understand why they schedule games the way they do normally. Just, you know, can you imagine if you've already got a Canadian division, right? And you've got these regional rivalries within Canada where you got Quebec versus Ontario versus the West, right? And now you're going to have those teams play each other three games in a row. Things are going to get chippy. Things are going to get chippy real quick. Well, also, like, speaking of the Canadian division, I feel really bad for Vancouver because that travel for them is really going to suck. Like, nobody is really all that close to... Well, Montreal, I mean, Montreal to Toronto, I don't think is, like, that bad. Um, I mean, it's not ideal. But, I mean, what, Vancouver's closest team is going to be Calgary? Calgary. So, I mean, Calgary to, like, Vancouver is almost a thousand kilometers so what is that, that sounds miles? like fun i i help said my, kilometers my american ears i said kilometers because that was the first thing google popped up with <laughs> do they spell the meter in kilometers with an re instead of an er it's 600 miles 600 miles uh if you're wondering um so like basically from Jacksonville to Miami. Well, maybe it's Miami to Savannah. In case you're wondering, Toronto to Montreal is 340 miles. That is not kilometers. And Ottawa's even closer, like much closer. So, but yeah, that some of the travel in the Canadian division is going to be kind of rough. But we'll see how that plays. Some of the travel in the Pacific division is going to be like, particularly if they get like Minnesota in there. Or even St. Louis, if St. Louis is the plan. Yeah, right? I would like, say either that's... way it's going to suck. Ugh. And even Dallas is kind of far, but like Dallas used I to know... be in the Pacific Division like back when we had six divisions. Yeah. Well, Dallas would, would kind of make some sense if you, you know, if you've got a, a few games against like Arizona and then a few games against the Los Angeles teams. Right, because that's you. I mean, I know that's still a lot of travel east-west, but just relatively the same north-south. I mean, it's it's not it's not anywhere near as close as the the metro teams are, right? Um, but I don't know. It could be could be worse. You could probably do a pretty easy uh, road trip by car in the Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, a, Washington division. You could do a you could do double or even triple headers. You could probably do that entire thing by public transportation, to be quite honest. Probably. Um, and I know, okay, so have we, we haven't heard anything official about the scheduling yet, have we? Other than it's going to be 56 no. games starting on 
we think. January 13th. Well, but I, I can't see this working in any sort of way without the baseball scheduling in some sort of modified bubble. Yeah, we'll have to see. We're still kind of waiting on like details and stuff. So I don't want to speculate too much, but just from a travel perspective, like baseball or yeah, baseball scheduling makes a lot more sense. Way more sense. I've, like the amount of transportation, you want to minimize uh, as much travel as possible. You know, and, and if there's one thing that I've like learned from like covering college football, it's that these teams take in a lot of precautions when they're trying to travel. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful and really like minimize that kind of stuff. So do you think the NHL schedules things the way they are now because of TV? Does it, does the current scheduling make, make it easier to put, to control which matchups go on nationally televised networks? I have no idea. I mean, that's got to be it, right? Because everything is, you know, in-person revenue is great for teams, but they really make their money on TV revenue, right? So that's that's got to be it, it somehow. But well, I think I, regardless of the scheduling format, the league is just going to show whatever matchups it wants. I mean, that's like, true. Regardless of how many times... Pittsburgh plays Chicago, like it's gonna be NBC's game of the week. So I, I had an idea. Okay. And I know that scares you whenever I have ideas. I hate it when you have ideas, but keep going. <laughs> so I was thinking about how ESPN wants the um, rights to broadcast NHL games in the U.S. Right. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And they're owned by Disney, right? Are you going? Are you saying to have a bubble in Disney? No. I don't think they have any rinks at Wide World of Sports, so that's going to be hard. Well, that they should fix that, but that's not what I, where I was going. So, you know how like NBC will have to put some NHL games on NBCSN, right? Or in the playoffs, like the Golf Network. Do you see where I'm going now? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how NBC has to put some NHL games on like NBC Sports, or in the playoffs, they'll put it on, like, the Golf Network. Okay. First of all, the Golf Channel thing only happened once, and it was hilarious because it was the <laughs> Sharks sweeping the Ducks on the Golf Channel. That is maybe, like, one of the most NHL things I think I've ever seen. It was beautiful. But keep going. So, the ESPN equivalent of that would be putting games on the Disney Channel. Nope. No, we're yes. not doing that. We're not doing yes, family-friendly, family-friendly, gritty show. Yeah, but the, uh, Disney Plus is doing that. Mighty, brought to you by Gritty. But they have that iceberg. They have that new Mighty Ducks reboot with uh, Disney. Perfect. Right MLB Network shows baseball movies. You can put some hockey movies on the Disney Channel. This is brilliant. Don't tell me that it's stupid because it's brilliant. I hate it. Why? I don't know. I just don't like it. <laughs> I'm picturing Gritty doing the, um, and you're watching Disney Channel with the whole magic wand thingy, or SJ Sharky. If I do SJ Sharky, does that make it more appealing to you no. instead of Gritty? No. Yes. Picture him with the wand, doing the Mickey Mouse ears. Or you could have Mickey Moose doing the Mickey Mouse ears. Ooh. Sorry, that was bad. Ooh. 
And that's all the time we have for you today. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah. <laughs> you can tell Brad is enough to talk about for the day. We are out to lunch. But you can follow the pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at grit for 60 pod. You can follow me on Twitter at bferrell727. You can follow Connor on Twitter at TC underscore 904. You can follow all of our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. And yeah, that should do it from us for the day. So thank you for listening and have a good one. We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down through nothing and the team has this amazing comeback and the guy who you want who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What, you know, what's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's, it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.